Right, what's cracking, lovely people? Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. I'm your host, as always, Matt Gardner. I'm a nutritional therapist who specialises in sports nutrition, and the pod, it generally focuses on nutrition, movement, and outdoor experiences. Thanks for downloading and listening in, giving your time, giving your ears. 33 Fuel support the show, lovely people, okay? So 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. I've been working with them for a number of years, and if you're keen on something natural when you're running, cycling, getting outdoors, then just check them out. Uh, fueling purposes, I like their chia seed energy gels, their energy drinks, uh, their greens powder I use in the morning. They've got a protein powder, so use MAT10, uh, the code at checkout, uh, for 10% off. The show is also supported by Attack the Day, who are a London-based lifestyle and clothing brand run by triathletes and mountaineers. Uh, they're called Sam and Rory. Great guys, great clothing. Use MAT20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's a brilliant offer. Um, if you like the show, please share it with someone. Ultimately, it's the only way the show will grow. And also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll be absolutely mega. So today, I'm speaking with Jasmine Campbell. So Jasmine is a sports and exercise nutritionist working with a range of professional athletes. She's the lead performance nutritionist for South Region of Swim England, performance nutritionist of Bristol City Rovers, and the tutor, and a tutor, uh, sorry, at the Institute of Performance Nutrition. And that's the institute I actually studied her in back in 2012. Um, and that's when Jasmine and I met. So really looking forward to catching up with her and cracking on this conversation. Great, hope you enjoy it. Jasmine, welcome to the show. No, look, it's brilliant to have you on. It's, it's been a long term coming. I've, I've kind of been like, hunting you down and you're always quite busy, but we've known each other for quite a few years, obviously, but I think it would be great to, yeah, just let the listeners know a little bit about, about you know, you, um, maybe first, like, how you are, how you're getting on at the moment and, and where you are in the world, and then we could just have a, a little bit of a rundown about, um, you know, yourself as a performance nutritionist, really. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I've been... Um well all year I've been really lucky to keep my work obviously it's changed dramatically um but there's definitely been some up and down periods um as like many people the January lockdown caught me out massively in terms of sort of my mindset and and I think we're all just a bit fatigued but with the change in in weather and um I've been able to go and work a bit more face to face um it's just changed massively for me so it's been a good process this year in cementing what I really enjoy doing, mm. um, giving me some new skills on how to work with people remotely. But um, yeah, it's nice to sort of be coming out the other side still standing, I guess. No, definitely. And I think when people, general people maybe consider performance nutritionists, sports nutritionists, dietitians, whatever it is, they think, right, we're kind of pouring over food diaries and you know, t- typing out meal plans and all that. And I think there's part of that admin side, but we're, we we like working with people, talking to people, being around other practitioners. So like you said, you've tried to do that, obviously, probably quite successfully o- o- online, but it's better when you can be in the room with these, you know, with this team, this multidisciplinary team that we were talking about before off the call. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just that sort of... Um being able to you know I've done so many online workshops the last year and I'm really grateful for all the swim clubs and other clubs who have invited me to do them um it's been great to be able to access that many people 
but again it's so hard doing an online workshop when you rely on so many things you didn't realize in person just like being able to read the room and seeing people's reactions seeing when people stop listening and get tired mm. so yeah yeah no i certainly miss that as well because you're kind of going through the flow of a presentation and you're not like you said you're not really too sure what's had impact mm-hmm. um, and if people generally want to put their hand up and you just have a discussion it can be quite a nice way of going down a certain rabbit hole but yeah like you said it's, it's been good to, to to try to stay busy and I think um, but because you do so many different things I'd love to start with the swimming side because I don't know much about it personally I know the listeners won't either but how, how did you get into uh, performance nutrition in swimming first of all? Yeah, so I mean, it was probably about three and a half, maybe, yeah, it must be nearly four years ago. Um, I was so lucky with it. And I remember at that time, I'd been building up my practice and I was very much in that um, state of say yes to every learning opportunity, apply to everything. And um, I saw a role for Swim England advertised. Um, they just secured a lot of funding um, from Sport England and they were looking for a nutritionist to manage the south they'd already got a nutritionist to manage the north um <clears throat> so i was like okay great and they actually advertise it only 12 days a year so i was like mm, is this you know gonna be much or at least it's something um i probably won't get it because i've never worked in swimming <clears throat> and i was really lucky i did get it um and i was like oh 12 days a year like it's not going to be a massive part of my work um we'll see how it goes and actually it's you know ended up being about 80 days a year um for about two years i did it so unfortunately really struggle with the pandemic so a lot of the funding for swim england comes from um memberships for racing and of course people aren't racing they're not going to renew their memberships and things like swim badges so unfortunately we're going through this period at the moment where a lot of our support's been cut and reduced right down um which has been really disappointing when we've got the commonwealth games in um well about a year and um we've really built this momentum of delivering a lot more nutrition where it didn't exist before so if I give you an idea of sort of who I work with, um, we've got the different part, talent pathways for Swim England. Mm. So really our main goal is to um, support obviously swimmers for England from ages of 13 up to early 20s. And then with the, those older age groups, we really want to be able to support them whilst they go to university, they start work at college um, and make sure that they don't drop off at that stage and want to get them to be in the British swimming program so um yeah that's what was sort of it's and that can look like all sorts of things like workshops and the older ones one-on-one consultations going away for camps going to competitions and things like that so Mm. um it's been a big learning curve for me from not being from a swimming background but it's been great Wow. So, yeah, so I'm hearing that you said uh, that at the time when you come in, there's a lot of funding and obviously they're looking to build the, the nutrition side of things. So they started with 12 days and you went up to 80. That's that's brilliant. And what you know, what was what was the buy in like? I'm sure obviously you had someone that you'd uh, directly go into and, and report to to begin with to, to start building the role. You had someone up north um, when when you were in and around it. What you know, was it welcomed or do you think? because they had more money and, and nutrition to most people is a bit of a buzzword, especially in sport now. Was it, you know, was it, was it welcomed or did you really have to 
I don't know, like, sh- like really hit the ground running and show people how, you know, how much of a benefit it could have from a fueling, from a recovery point of view? Or was everyone there open arms being like, look, we're, we're ready for these workshops. Everyone's chomping at the bit to meet you, to start thinking about their nutrition more. What was the environment like? Yeah, that is such a good question because um, I was so lucky to have Andrew Shepherd, who was the um, nutritionist of the North, because he used to be a competitive swimmer. He's worked in swimming for 10 years, um, you know, as a nutritionist. So for him, I think it was great to, you know, whereas normally as a nutritionist, you work in isolation, you never get to work with another nutritionist. Mm. And it's, it was probably my favourite job for a while because... I got to work with another nutritionist who one would support everything I was doing, challenge me and be like, oh, have you thought about doing this? It give me good ideas. Um, and I think for him, it was, you know, nice to have somebody else singing off the same hymn sheet. He's also SNR registered. We've been educated in a similar way. Um, and he's worked in lots of other sports. So we could really bring that together and collaborate, but then deliver in our separate North and South areas. Um, so I loved that aspect of it. And of course, it's great for me to have my hand held by Andy who could translate things like what training sessions look like and what the demands were. Wow. There's so many disciplines in swimming. And then you've got the extra bit of, you know, we were working with younger swimmers. So we've got to consider all of the young athlete requirements as well as then you're getting dual career athletes who are then studying full-time or working full-time as well as swimming. So um, I loved it for that because it ticked all those boxes. But in terms of how it's received, I think it's always an interesting one in swimming because, you know, swim clubs don't even, you know, the high-performance ones don't have a lot of money and it's not um, part of their culture necessarily previously to have a sports scientist, an S&C coach, a nutritionist, a psychologist and a physio. Um, and actually clubs are really going through this challenging part now of thinking, well, we've got these resources, um, but to, you're not going to employ, it's very hard for them to employ a full multidisciplinary team. So I think a lot of coaches can see the benefit, but it's just that jump of, well, how do we, what does this look like in our environment and how can we fund this and how can we find the right individuals as well? So I think the ones that buy into nutrition don't necessarily know where to look for it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, especially like you said, you had someone in the environment that, that really knows swimming that had worked, worked and competed in it for many years. And then it's good that you've come in from um, other sports and obviously the way you're trained around thinking about what state people are you know, walking into the pool, um, in how long they're swimming for, when, you know, when they're swimming again later on down the lines, even though you might not have known, like you said, and I don't know either the, you know, the actual, uh, what people are racing in, uh, the strokes, you know, different disciplines from a kind of nutritionist point of view, you're thinking, right, what's the intensity? How long are they swimming for? When's, when's the next bout? How, how much recovery time do they have? So yeah, I think from the geeky, like my standpoint of, practitioners collaborating that that does sound really cool um and i think it's good for you to be honest about um you know the setup and how uh some you know some sports they 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 do want to shine the light on some of these things like nutrition strength conditioning and things like that but the reality is really sometimes they're hanging on by a thread and and practitioners and things literally might only come in once or twice a year or someone might have to just who's in the environment who knows a bit about nutrition or something might just have to pick it up and do it internally 
um, and, and help out there too. So obviously once you got into that environment um, and, and you did see there was appetite for it and a, and a real specialist on board, um, the, re- the real work must have started. And now you're kind of a few years in, it's, uh, you know, that hopefully the, the athletes and things are starting to kind of really benefit from the fr- fruits of your labour. I know recently it's been probably more online presentations and things, but have you got to know... Um, you know, do you, is it group stuff? Do you do much individual work? You know, are there key swimmers that that you, that you both you know across the across both regions will spend more time with? Um, maybe just spend a couple of minutes like uh, talking to me about how how your time's allocated, or do you now get to kind of choose a bit because you're you're a bit more senior in the role? How how does it work in terms of the practical delivery? Yeah, so at the moment, it, that's quite difficult to answer because our job's completely changed with the sort of the lack of funding at the moment. So I guess like previous, the way we managed to get it set up was that we would have, um, the younger age groups would have day camps. So we might have like three day camps a year and we might deliver nutrition on two of those. Mm. And it could be things like just being present for the day, which I think is, you know, quite interesting for them. They've never come across a nutritionist then you've got a nutritionist hanging around on your camp yeah um, and they don't necessarily know that you're there to answer questions chat to them at lunchtime cool. um you know um give them workshops it might just be that you're there just to educate the parents before they pick them up and stuff mm-hmm. um so we do sort of things like that and then we'll have camps for the older age groups where we might might be a uk camp where we'll be there for three or four days and then um, for the older ones, we might go abroad when they've got competitions and wow. things like that. So it'll be a, you know, they'll be competing, but it's more a sort of, I guess it's like a training competition. So they can practice. They've got a physio on hand. They've got an SC coach. They've got a nutritionist and a psych. So um, they've got that help there, and we can do activities with them too. And then I guess the eldest were our performance squad, so about 20 swimmers, maybe 10 from up north, 10 from south, or spread about, depending on where they've gone for university. Mm. And um, yeah, those, those are the ones we could work one-on-one with. Um, so it might be that one's fine with nutrition, but you've got another one who really needs some interventions and help. Um, so yeah, that was... Um, so it's, yeah, lots of things going on, and sometimes you're a bit like, oh, who are we working with, and what we got to coming up, and yeah. busy times. But um, yeah, I love that part of it. The variety was great. Yeah, exactly. Like speaking to parents and having those kind of, as we call it, those corridor conversations, or those kind of coffee corners, and you kind of you go through things. You've got so much in your mind as a practitioner that you want to deliver, but often quick chats about the odd the odd thing will provide high impact, um, especially at that at that level. Um, and then, you know, we can certainly relate to this, um, both studying university, living away and things like that too. Um, just connecting with those students who are high performance athletes who are starting to realise actually, well, not at the moment, but nights out, drinking, socialising, you know, my elite sports performance, how do I balance that? And obviously at that, their age, they're, they're so robust physically that they can, what they can put the foot down on the accelerator. So then you're obviously hopefully trying to help with getting them to consume enough because I, I don't know how many people listening to this swim like I certainly don't regularly at all so when I do do it I, you know you come out of the pool like hungry I don't know what I don't know what that sensation is and and you know by no means have I even done a proper session so when I when I work with triathletes and stuff individually and they're telling me what they're doing swimming wise and then they're training again later 
you know, I'd, I'd be eating the house. So it's, it is interesting because it feels, it feels like you're doing, you know, you're, you're burning a lot of energy when you're swimming. Um, so I don't know if you know a bit more about the background of that. Is it something that do, do people kind of consume enough in your opinion, or is it, is it sometimes an overcompensation because it's quite a perceived, you know, it's a quite hard effort um that, that especially maybe people that are building their their fitness and, and their ability to perform consistently in the pool yeah, how, how do you find the appetite regulation side of things with 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 your athletes and, and and people that you work with yeah well even if we just focus on swimming like it's if i give a bit of context for listeners you know if you are in school or college um obviously those hours don't change, so you've got to swim either side of it. So they are getting up early, and then of course, if you are swimming for, you've picked a club because they um, are going to be swimming at the level you want or got the coaching you want, you can live 45 minutes away, you know? So um, it might be that you're getting up at you know, four o'clock in the morning, half four, and you can be in the pool for five or something, cool. which um, I'm not a morning person, so I make a terrible swimmer. Um, you know, and then it's who no one in their right mind wants to eat at that time in the morning and not before a two hour swimming session. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think as an outsider to swimming, when I'm learning about it, I'm like, sorry, what? You do, you do two hours in the pool and you don't eat or drink anything apart from a bit of water. They're like, no, okay. And then <clears throat> you don't eat anything before that training session. They're like, oh no. And then I've got to get to school or college straight away or if you're a uni student you know you come back absolutely exhausted and hungry what you can do you just can cook a massive bowl of pasta because it's quick and easy and then eat that and pass out in your bed yeah so um and then you've got you know the ones going off to college and school are there all day um you know even i'll be like do you realize that this is actually how much fluid you need to drink over the morning because of you're not drinking before training you're training you know maybe that swimmer's not very good at drinking during the session and then they'll, you know, I'll say, look, what does that look like? Is that possible? And they'll go, no, because I'm only allowed to go to the toilet um, in between my lessons. Mm. So like, I don't like drinking in the morning because I have to keep going to the toilet. Mm. Or, um, you know, we've worked out that that swimmer has to carry around, you know, two litres in <laughs> squash or water over the morning or something. And like, oh, I don't want to carry that in my bag. And so there's all those little things you yeah. think actually you sweep in as this... Um, someone from the outside and yes I think there are things where I've been like yeah do you know what I've like mentioned to coaches you know I was like you've got your six swimmers or your eight swimmers a couple of them actually are going to really benefit from just eating half a banana um an hour and a half into the session or an hour into the session mm. like give them that opportunity or ask them to do it because they're just just something even that small is going to help one them be able to push themselves a bit harder but concentrate not be as moody or grumpy um whatever it might be so um and i think it's still so hard some swimmers are like oh no i'm not going to eat mm. and um when i've been on camps we might feed swimmers poolside um but you know sometimes they might be quite uncomfortable with that because it's not normal for them and it's they think the people who own the pool really want people eating by the side of the pool um yeah, yeah of college all day and then you get back in the pool again so just no eating opportunities um so I definitely think swimmers are under eating yeah yeah so it comes down to that planning and organization and you stepping back taking that thirty thousand foot view with someone and, and spending a lot of time to get to know the flow of their day 
um, mm-hmm. and then trying to trying to work around actually what what's possible and um, to try to support energy levels you know obviously we might not even meet meet the demands but enough and I think I like your point around the around the mood around the cognition and things like that too because just being able to think as an athlete is important but then the rest of the day you know they might have four hours of swimming which is significant in itself but then they've got uh, st- studies you know they, they want to socialize they've, they've got life load like everyone else decision making so uh, yeah I suppose if you can pitch it on that side too it's not just about your fueling recovery it's going to help you feel better during the day and maybe you can get the buy-in, but I think it's such a, such a challenging sport for a young person. And I've only known a few people growing up doing it quite seriously. Um, and and you know they've fallen out of love with it because of you know because of how intense those mornings are, um, and getting up and doing all of that. And I think obviously you have to be extremely talented, maybe a bit of luck, but also quite persistent too. You know, like completely committed to do to do that, especially as you're growing maturing and, and the world's opening up a bit and you've got those hours in the pool that you kind of have to have to put in really don't you yeah absolutely and when you're recommending and even the parents are exhausted as well because you've got to remember like when you're looking at it and sometimes i just be like i just want to know what a parent a swim parent and parents will really proudly call themselves i'm a swim parent um so they see it as a lifestyle because it really is a lifestyle for them and, um, you know, when I just want to know what a swim parent does, and it's, they're not sleeping seven hours a night, you know, so they're sleep deprived. So if I'm stood there being like, oh, your child needs to eat this many calories, yeah. it looks like this in food, um, really, you should, you know, they know they want their child to eat breakfast before the early morning session, and they know it doesn't happen. So you've got to, um, you know, tackle parents in a careful way and be really empathetic with them and give them what they really want to know is just time saving easy things to do um that you know they then they can feel confident they're giving their swimmer what they need mm. Mm. and then you know more recently now the, the with the with the workshops and the things that are online um, do you do you do you both um you know the south and the north region do you do you kind of have all these these themes in mind or are are you going off some um i suppose are there any polls around parents or around you know the 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 rest of what swimming kind of think is 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 worthwhile uh speaking about because i know i've come in i've done a little bit in athletics before i've got something coming up but i don't know from an outsider i'll come in and be like what you know what do the the athletes want to know about and usually as people probably listening to this uh, the, the protein conversation comes up supplements come up i'm doing one on competition nutrition soon so these are obviously very key areas but then how, how do you balance you know giving the, the parents and the and the um the the athlete young athletes and then obviously the athletes that are living away from home and are in the kind of more of the elite senior program how do you give them the education and some of the things that you think they need from a practitioner standpoint but then also yes yeah, it's, it's answering some of the some of the popular questions some of the things that people are seeing more online or, or hearing about are really important from all these Netflix documentaries and yeah how do you cut through the noise is it do you have quite a, a systematic format or do you go with you know what this out there we probably should answer what's popular and not hide away from it and you know give give our comments to try to be nice and clear like how, how does that work balancing the information yeah that's such a good question so I think I always feel really mean doing this so I have a coach <laughs> get 
in touch and say, oh, can you do, you know, especially lockdown, like, look, we're just still trying to engage our swimmers, um, you know, and I, they all say, can you do a workshop online? And I'll be like, yes, of course I can. Um, but in my head, especially from being in this situation now for 12 months, even say six months ago, I know that the practical sessions work the best and the most fun. Um, you know, especially from a young person, like I would have been terrible as a someone at school or college or uni at this time because I would have found it really hard to engage with learning online. Mm. Um, and I think especially for people who've got a lot of energy, like swimmers, um, you know, it's just, and you're, I'm giving them information about, you know, what they should be eating and training and annoyingly they can't get in a pool. So it's a bit of insult to injury. Mm. Um, but the, yeah, so a coach will get in touch and they'll be like, um, can you talk about, and they'll list probably like everything I've ever learned about nutrition, all the possible topics. Can you do that in a 45 minute session? And I'll be like, oh, and it's, I, I sometimes I want to ask coaches and I've had this discussion with them a lot and say, well, when you do a swim training session, you will just focus on one tiny thing or two small things. You know, you would never get them to do everything about this stroke or everything about, I don't know, all the energy systems. You would, you wouldn't do that. So it's not, it's the same with nutrition. Mm. So um, <clears throat> I'll always sort of have to remind them there's only so much you can achieve in a period of time really it's about getting excited so if they've never met me before never had nutrition intervention it's all about getting that buy-in realizing that they actually even if they're not olympic athlete even if they don't have lots of money or resources they can't can still eat really well and actually that eating is going to have a huge impact on um them being able to reach their f- um, full physical potential or them being able to stay in the sport or, you know, et cetera, whatever it is I can sell to them. And something that me and Andy spent um, a lot of time on was talking about um, REDS, relative energy deficiency in sports. I think actually it happens to a lot of swimmers on maybe a mild level. Um, so when I think you explain that in really simple terms, a lot of swimmers are like, oh yeah, that was me pre-pandemic. Wow. I was what I like to call a swimming zombie, a zombie swimmer. You know, you still go about your day, but you're kind of loving it but hating life at the same time because you're so tired and underfueled. Um, so yeah, and then if I can get the clubs or the regions and I can steer them, the ones that we've like I've loved personally, and I know swimmers have loved, have been the online cook-alongs. Yeah. And I can deliver so much nutrition information during that, weirdly. Um, I didn't think I could, but you can just drop in so many little things and they can ask you questions. But it's so great looking at a screen of 20 people. I even did one with 80 swimmers, wow. um, or even if six, and they're all doing something. They're really like enthusiastic about it. Cool. And at the end, you know, they've learned how to do something in a different way, or they're like really proud of themselves, or they've got their dad or their big brother like leaning in, stealing their food that they've made. And it's just, you think actually, yeah, it's about having fun and engaging them with it rather than lecturing to them, so. Of course, and hopefully there's longevity in that. And yeah, I've only met a few athletes in my time who really do see that kind of food as fuel and you know their robotic nature of just recovering what what, what they've burnt and, and eating and seeing it as completely functional especially as a young person it's just getting them engaged and like you said just improving the capabilities and getting them 
making things hands on and, and and getting them to kind of in, enjoy the food the, the the kind of taste and just the variety and increasing their their palate and stuff is you know that's going to help in the long run really isn't it because um they then they have more of a toolbox to be able to go to when things are getting harder they can recover from a you know variety of foods really and that's ultimately how you know how you, how you want to help someone build uh, an approach so yeah, that's that's absolutely brilliant. I know, like, I really appreciate you kind of gone down the like the, the swim kind of in, in England like rabbit hole basically, which is which is fantastic. And I think hopefully it's lifted a lid on it. And some people listening to this and we haven't really covered swimming as a sport before. I think it's really cool. So that's obviously the I suppose it's behind closed doors to an extent because there's not much of that that will be you know that the public will kind of know that that you guys are doing. You know they see these athletes and and obviously you're your kind of um not backroom stuff but you, you're doing it and and it's all kept kind of within that you know within that mold but there's something else that you are working on that you know i, I came across obviously following you following um a bit on instagram and things like that too and i think can can the general public get get involved in it and you know this this ap plus could you maybe mention a little bit about about that or is that connected with swim england like where does that place and i know people can follow along so i'll leave information in in the show notes for them um if we have a couple of minutes to discuss that that'd be really cool yeah no that'd be great so i'm really lucky to be brought onto that project so um by rich chester who is the british swimming nutritionist so um someone who's always been again really useful for me in terms of information and support and resources um so it's uh, richard is adam keaty's nutritionist um, so we've got a big year ahead for them. And um, yeah, he, Adam Peaty has set up and with his, one of his very good friends, Ed Baxter, um, an, on, an app, basically an online platform uh, to support swimmers of all ages, really. But um, I think we can start almost as young as 12 yeah. through to some master swimmers. And it's essentially almost like a whole curriculum in terms of all the disciplines like swimming through to snc psychology there's parent support as well which is amazing um and obviously nutrition too so um there's a little information drop every week from all of us and um it's a two-year program so there's a lot of information drops and actually it's kind of let me and rich do everything we've ever wanted for a swimmer so we can cover all sorts of topics, like make sure that they really understand what nutrition does for them. They know what all the food groups do. They know when to eat. They give them lots of ideas. They get loads of recipes. And um, yeah, we go through all of it. So like if you've got you know competition, maybe abroad or in another city, you know how to prepare for it and stuff. So and then Adam's got lots of tips of how he's been able to do things. So. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed making the content for it and really thinking about if I had a, a fresh swimmer, what and a parent or parents or grandparents or what have you, what all the things I like them to know about nutrition wise mm. that's going to support them on this journey. So that's really cool. And I, was, I thought I I wanted to bring it up because I, I wanted to know a bit more about it myself. But then also people can engage in it, um, which is yeah, you know, which course. is fantastic, and then they can see your work firsthand. So. Yeah, that is, that, that's for, again from a geeky practitioner point of view. When you are setting something up from from the ground, um, it's brilliant because you can, yeah, you can build things out in in a, in a really exciting way. You know, thinking about all the different aspects of you know dietary pattern, food groups, nutrients, you know, all that kind of stuff is, 
yeah, it's brilliant. So uh, obviously a lot of work, but something that now with all these digital offerings, it can it can stay up there um, and, and you can update it, I suppose, as you go if you need to. But over a couple of years, things are going to stay quite consistent because, you know, research and changes in, in some of the big stuff is quite, quite slow, you know, which is normal. So I think that, you know, that's fantastic. Um, really cool. All right. Um, look, you've been been brilliant with your time um and uh i, kn- I know obviously we um we, we met a little bit through uh the you know the course that i did back in back in 2012 and i know you do a little bit of tutoring on that the institute of performance nutrition um i know we focused today on the swimming side of things so you know maybe maybe back down the line i know i'm going to try and speak to michael gleason again about football because he's writing a a, a book on uh, football nutrition so maybe we get if you've got time, we get you back on, you know, later on, later on in the year, and we could talk a bit more about some of the stuff you do, you do in football, because obviously it's a completely different environment, isn't it? Yeah, it's very different, but no, that would be great. I'd love to do that. I have to say, you've given me a bit of a, a weird habit over the years um, from following you. Um, every time I'm about to eat something, there's like all the foods out in my head. I always say, oh, um, big eats, or <laughs> you know. <laughs> Big Eats HQ, so... Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, I think, and you, and you might be similar to me, but obviously because we do a lot of work um, and through the day we're, we're in we're in nutrition, we're speaking to people, everything is, is quite systematic and specific. I think when I use social media, I just enjoy it as a bit of a release to mess around yeah. and there's not a lot on there about this is what this food will do and this is what this portion size is. And, and I just like that evening is quite a good way of kicking back and chilling out and a lot of people probably don't know that I'm pretty methodical with pretty much all of my food apart from the stuff I film to make it seem you know that I'm quite like late like laid back I'm laid back maybe like one meal and then that's the stuff that I film so it's just I, I find it fun um but you know one day I might have to turn it into you know need, needing to like become a, a, a you know a, a serious nutrition like practitioner who markets himself online but I, d- I don't know. I don't know. How, how do you find that side of things? It is, it is different, isn't it? Having to kind of really commit and talk to people about, you know, the benefits of ginger on like an Instagram post. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting side of things, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's definitely not, not for me, if I'm honest. I really like enjoy your take on it with the big feed ups and, you know, it's just about having fun with food as well. And I think often, um, I don't know, I feel like there's two types of nutritionists. There's ones who absolutely love food, love eating, love talking about food, probably us, well, definitely us. And then there's another where I think sometimes I worry that they're facilitating maybe, I don't know, sometimes a bit of like not disordered eating, but, you know, Mm. sometimes that can really happen with nutritionists as well. Mm. Um, And actually that's not how the world views food and you're going to lose a lot of clients and buy-in if that is your approach, so... Mm, mm, brilliant yeah we get you know we get the odd sneaky uh outdoor hiking picture from you and uh like uh and diy pictures from you so yeah it's definitely you know it's definitely worth people listening to this definitely worth staying in touch so you know i popped in uh uh your your website and, and instagram and things is, is there anything else you think you know should let the listeners know about i'll put in the ap plus information yeah that'd be great no i, I think that's it that's yeah that'd be great thanks so much Brilliant, cool. All right, well, yeah, it'd be good, you know, maybe circle back and, and do something football-related um, further on down the line. But I think this, yeah, from the first kind of look at, at swimming and nutrition, it's it's been brilliant to have a chat. Thank you so much.
Thanks so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Cool. Nice one, Jasmine. All right. Lovely people. Thanks for listening. Um, please share the show. As always, it, you know, it's the only way the show will grow. Um, re- really enjoying continuing to bring the pod. Um, yeah, take care and we'll speak to you soon.